Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name's Michaela. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I am so glad to have you here today. Today we have with us Candy. Candy is a part of the MVP community. Uh, she finished her 200 hour last fall and is currently in her 300. Um, and she's here today to talk to us a little bit about kitchen gardening, which I'm really excited to hear about. So first things first, how are you today, Candy? I'm well, doing great. Thank you, Michaela, so much for having me. Of course, I'm so excited that you're here. Um, let's just jump right into it then. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got into kitchen gardening. Okay, so my name's Candy Price. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina. I still live in Western North Carolina, up in the mountains. Um, and I'm married with a couple grown kids. Um, I've worked in healthcare for over 25 years. Um, and I've been with MVP since uh, last July. So I'm right at a year. Uh, absolutely loving the community, loving the school that I chose for yoga. I could have, I was sent your direction for a reason. I could not have, have chosen a better, better school. Um, and so, um, a little more about me. I have been a exercise and nutrition junkie, what I, I would call a junkie for since I was a teenager, since my younger years, um, I uh, helped a friend out back in early 2000. She had just started a gym and she needed some help with some aerobics classes. So I started um, helping her out, uh, boot camp and uh, kickboxing was really popular then. So anyway, I, I started uh, teaching some classes at her gym and um, I found out that my students loved my cool down. They asked for my cool down more than my aerobics. So I started um, incorporating more cool down music, relaxation, started dabbing into some sun salutations. And I noticed uh, 20 years ago, the more I offered uh, relaxation and stretch and breathing, the happier people seemed to be. So that's what led me into yoga. Um, and so I, I started a, a daily practice and I've left it through the years, came back because I've had all kinds of exercise in my life. Um, but I've, I've always held on to my yoga. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my, with my yoga training. That is so fun. So you started teaching aerobics and you found that your students were like, mm, we like to to chill a little more I did they were like you're great at your aerobics but we chill a little longer <laughs> just started trying to learn how to incorporate that in my classes I really like that that is so neat um I want a beautiful like indicator from your community and advocating for themselves like this is what we want <laughs> which is what we want our students to do right um, right love it Awesome. So you've been practicing on and off for quite a while. Um, why did you decide to officially get certified? Um, well, I'm at a point in my life where I've got a little more time. 
uh, you know, my kids are older and they're kind of taking care of themselves and got their own lives. And um, I work uh, part-time still in healthcare and um, it's something I always wanted to do for myself. Um, so I, COVID hit, um, it kind of got me like it did a lot of people um, looking more into it. And I started Googling and found Michelle and everything I read just sound like the perfect fit for me. So that's awesome. Okay. And I really love that for all of us collectively during such a hard time when we were all kind of like, we want to learn and we want to grow and we want to exercise the things that we can while right. we're inside. Right. Absolutely. Oh, that's yep. awesome. Okay. So you, you work part-time in healthcare still. Um, you said you're a nurse. I'm not a nurse. No, I'm a What did you say? That's okay. I'm a medical assistant. Medical assistant. Dang it. Okay. 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 Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So when did you get into, wait, 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 but let's back up. What is kitchen gardening? Okay. (laughs) So now on to kitchen gardening. Kitchen gardening, also called potager gardening, is a term that started in, in France. And it it is a garden that's made, or it's a plot of land for a garden that's nearby the house to sustain a family is the point. But the difference with a kitchen garden is you want to have vegetables, fruits, and herbs. So you want to feed the body, the physical body, the emotional body. You also wanna feed the pollinators, Uh, you want to grow your medicinal herbs and you want to try to do it all organically uh, within mother earth that keeps everything sustainable and happy and living together pretty much which is so much like yoga to me I found kitchen gardening before I went to start my yoga training and the similarities of the two just I felt it so deep in my heart um I just couldn't believe the connection and how I always connect yoga seeds gardening sustaining us sustaining the earth sustaining the the soil it's all so related my journal is loaded with entries about the the mixture of yoga with gardening it's I just love it It, it's my passion and it's what feeds me beautiful I love everything that you said a couple things so can I say when you said kitchen gardening, my thought is, oh, she's growing things inside. <laughs> nope. No, not no. the case. <laughs> not the case. Beautiful. Okay. Um, I really like how you related gardening with yoga because it's all about cultivating a relationship. Right. Correct. With self or with plants. Correct. Correct. I and love the- that concept of of garden without getting too deep is you have to have living soil you have you have to feed the soil the soil feeds the plants the plant plants feed the people you know and not just the people like the plants also feed 
the food scraps feed the chickens or the pigs or the cows or or your dogs or you know whatever you have it, it's a it's a loop it's a complete loop of everything um, and the point of planting like herbs and flowers is that helps uh, keep away the bugs and the thrips and the things, the squash bugs and things that, uh, you know, will eat your um, vegetables. So it helps naturally deter uh, thing, the pest. So that's why you want to plant all of it together, plus the enjoyment of it all. And I like having a little bit of everything. Absolutely. That's nice. New modern way of growing. They grow in long lines, lots of vegetables, all the same. That's, in my opinion, that's just not the healthiest way to do it. If you can grow, you know, two squash plants, two tomato plants, a bean plant, um, some calendula, some chamomile, it all works together and it all feeds you and you don't have too much and it outsmarts the pest. Several questions. What is calendula? So calendula is old fashioned marigold. The marigold we see at the big box stores have been modified to look that way, right? They, you know, they, they, they grow those in big greenhouses they're still nice flowers. I don't want to get, you know, into that, but calendula is the original type of what we call pot marigold. They're beautiful, beautiful flowers. And like I, I dry my calendula, I can make tea, it's edible. I can also make salves and oils for my face. I make lip balm from my stuff from my garden. So I always try to plant with intention, uh, like you know, so, so that I know the herbs and the flowers can have another use. Of course, they feed my soul, uh, the beauty of them, but I also like to repurpose and, and recycle them down, down the line so I can use them and give them as gifts. I love that. Uh, we have someone at the studio who her uh, husband is into like, he's studying something at a university with agriculture and gardening and growing. So she's always bringing in fresh produce and it's one of my favorite gifts to receive is fresh produce. Oh yeah. It's great. I love it. So tell me what do the pests not like most of the herbs, the flowers? So I would say most pests do not like herbs most herbs. So for an example, I always plant a strip of basil right in front of my tomatoes because uh, pests hate basil. They hate the smell of it. They just despise it. They will leave. Um, and tomatoes are great with basil and, um, and they kind of, they'll grow at the same time. You can eat them at the same time. And it's a great crop to to plant together. I, that is so funny to me to think about insects having preferences like that. It just, it seems so silly to me. Um, I laundry of basil in front of <laughs> a wall of basil. I love that. So 
how long have you been gardening and growing for yourself and your family? Sure. I've been gardening uh, flowers and shrubs and that kind of stuff for 20 years, probably about the same time I got into yoga. Um, I started growing my first vegetable garden back in, well, I played around with it for a little while, but I was able to get serious back in 2018. Yeah. So what did you start with? I started with four raised beds, which I still, um, it, it's what I call my potage garden now. It, it's like a cottage garden. It's my, it's my beauty garden. Um, it's surrounded with roses. It's just, it's very pretty. It, yeah. And, and that's the thing. You want the garden for your soul. You want the garden for your, um, for your enjoyment. Because uh, when the days get very warm in the middle of summer, you need those beautiful flowers uh, to, get, to keep you passionate about your garden. But I started with just a couple small raised beds. And it's a great start. Um, but you can also grow even in just planter boxes. Um, I've seen people grow a garden in a kid's swimming pool from Walmart. Um, don't let don't let it stop you from growing a garden if you don't think you have everything you need and all the knowledge you need. Uh, just start with what you have. I like the idea of the kiddie pool because I'm renting in the home that I'm in right now, and so I could take it with me very easily. Absolutely. Yes. You can grow so much in a small space. You would be surprised. I, so I know that having a, a green thumb is a thing. I say that I have a black thumb because I kill everything. And in fact, the last time I bought myself plants, my husband was like, really, we're going to spend more money on plants for you to kill them again. And I was like, I need another chance. Um, and they're all alive still, but I'm proud they to say. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I don't, I'm not good at it. Do you have any tips for someone starting out as far as like maybe um, plants that are a little bit easier to grow or something like that? Um, sure. Um, well, first I would say is to take away that limiting belief. You don't have the black thumb. Everybody has potential for a green thumb. Um, it's trial and error. And gardening is such a lifelong learning process, just as yoga is. Um, you know, some years I grow cucumbers amazing. Some years I can't get a cucumber. Do I know why? Not really. I just, you know, you have to just keep trying. There are those basic things that you want. And the main thing is soil. Like if I gave anyone advice, I would say, learn a little bit about soil but don't get so caught up in it. Um, seeds naturally want to grow. If you naturally put a seed in the ground, that seed will try very hard to grow. Um, and then the other thing is, um, <laughs> this sounds silly, but I bless my seeds. I take my seeds, I, I put a little spot in the dirt, I drop my seed in, and I bless it. So every seed I plant, I bless it. Every, every vegetable start I buy at the store, I bless it as I put it in the ground. So when you buy those flowers and you set them out and you plant them, just bless them. Talk to them. See them every morning. Make it part of your morning uh, ritual. 
Uh, I like to go back right at the evening. I'll, I'll, a lot of times I turn on your podcast. I put on my, um, I've got a little headphone, headphone in my headband and I'll just go down to the garden. I listen to your podcast and I check on all my veggies. So I guess my main, <laughs> my, my, my main advice is don't have the limiting belief. Keep trying and help us. Yes. What a great um, example too of practicing non-attachment, right? And just continuing to come back and try again, knowing that you might not know why one year you have bad cucumbers and one year you have good. Right. right. Just make lots of pickles on the years that you have. Lots of cucumbers. <laughs> Lots of pickles. Uh, I really enjoy the, and I think that Michelle would really enjoy the idea of like, because she's always talking about how I don't want to cook when I'm angry, right? We don't want to like put this bad prana, bad energy into our prana, right? right. And I, I guess right. the same goes with gardening. If you can make it beautiful and approach it with, with joy and, and compassion, it'll, it'll grow a little bit better. It will, and and you'll get better, and each year you'll learn, <laughs> and 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 you'll grow. Before you know it, you're you'll go out. That's the other thing. Um, when a plant does grow and grows well, like I will be so upset and think I'm not gonna do good this year. My cucumbers aren't growing, and then I will go out three days later, and they've grown a foot. So it just takes time, you know, just like anything else. Yes. I love that. Um, side note, it's a, I have plants that are so dramatic. And so it's so funny that you said that, that you feel like they were going bad one day and then you go out and a few days later, they're just like, they're, they're just doing their thing. I have a plant yeah. that'll just like droop her whole entire body down. If I forgot to water her like one day late. Right. Then I right. water her and she stands right back up. They get their groove back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really funny. Um, so you started with two beds you came to four over your time of gardening what has become your favorite thing to grow for yourself um well I'm in the south I absolutely well the thing that brought me into um um gardening was going to the farmer's market and loving to see real food like real food carrots with stem still on it you know like really food from the ground that is dirty um and I fell in love with heirlooms this is a Cherokee purple tomato um and I absolutely love heirloom vegetables and you can't get those at the grocery store not typically not affordable um so I started learning more about them because I wanted to try to grow them affordably and I found out that heirlooms are um, loaded with more nutrition typically than uh, uh, just regular mainstream grocery store varieties because it takes them a long time to come to fruition. Whereas the, you know, the regular red tomatoes we see at the grocery store, they're, they're very quick. Um, not to mention all the nutrition in the soil goes to the fruit, which goes to your body. So I was really trying to um, um, get more nutrition in my diet just because it's always been important. Um, so I would have to say, to, back to your question, <laughs> tomatoes. Um, I absolutely love to grow uh, different varieties of tomatoes. There's even like, I grow a chocolate cherry uh, little um, 
cherry tomato that looks like little chocolate purple um, tomatoes and they are so delicious. Um, and then um, I love different varieties. Um, I like varieties that you can't just buy at the grocery store because that keeps you excited about your garden. Um, but yeah, and like this year I have some okra that is red. Uh, it's a red hue okra instead of typical green okra, which, you know, it, it's just exciting. It's fun. That is really cool. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'll be interested to see if they taste any different <laughs> than green okra. Um, right. Question though, what is an heirloom? What does that mean? Okay. So, um, I'll try to do this short. An heirloom is original. So most of the tomatoes and, and squash and whatever are called hybrids. Nothing is wrong with hybrids. It's just, they're not the natural seed uh, that has been around. Like a Cherokee purple seed has been around probably over a hundred years. So it's a natural heirloom seed. Um, they take, an heirloom, mix it with other heirlooms. Now I'm, I'm very, I'm paraphrasing this because it's, it's complicated. And then they make, they take the good things from different seeds and make a hybrid seed, uh, which, so they would be less uh, prone to pest. They'd grow quicker. Whereas this tomato will take uh, about a hundred days or more uh, from plant to, to be able to eat. They can grow an heirloom in like 70. So, um, so heirlooms are very old traditional seeds. Um, the varieties are very cool usually. Um, they've got a lot of history around them, which I love a story uh, surrounding a product. Um, um, and Cherokee purples are from North Carolina. This seed um, originated from a farm over a hundred years ago um, up here in Western North Carolina. So that's why they grow really great up here too. They love the climate. Um, so yeah, quick lesson on that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a beautiful tomato too. I love the coloring. It's gorgeous. Um, I am intrigued by this chocolate cherry tomato. Yeah. What is this? So uh, chocolate cherry reminds me of the taste of a Cherokee purple, but they're little cherry tomatoes, but they're kind of, uh, they kind of look like a chocolate, deep red greenish chocolate look. And I eat them and just pop them in my mouth right off the vine. Yeah. What do they taste like? Do they taste like just a regular cherry tomato? Um, <laughs> so I don't ever think, like I say, like, I don't eat, I don't want to sound ugly. Don't sound <laughs> ugly. Don't sound, it's a, you won't sound ugly. You can say whatever you want. It's totally fine. I mean, I, there's just something about a homegrown tomato. I'll put it that way. You know, they're sweeter. They get to ripen on the vine. Um, you know, the way we produce our, our food in grocery stores, they're, they're picked days while they're still green. And then they're, they're able to ripen because they've got to travel across the country sometimes. And so just being able to go to your garden, pull that cherry tomato off the vine and pop it in your mouth. You don't even have to wash it because you know you didn't put any chemicals or anything on it, you know, and just, it, there's nothing like it. Okay, I love this. Um, this might be a dumb question. 
when you plant, do, do you have to like replant seeds every year or will those plants last through the year and then refruit for you again the next year? Okay, so um, where I live, we have a frost season. I'm not sure about you guys in Austin, um, but if you have a deep frost season, you're, you will have to plant every year, your annuals. So like most frost tender plants, like tomatoes, squash, um, cucumbers, beans, all that stuff is not frost hardy. Um, but uh, like in our herb garden, my uh, basil is not frost hardy, so it doesn't come back. But like my oregano comes, stays every year, it comes back. My, um, we call those perennials. Um, so like rosemary, lavender, uh, thyme, oregano, all that does come back. So it just depends on the plant. But yes, I do plant my tomatoes every year, my squash, my peas, my beans, all that gets planted every year. So this might be another dumb question. <laughs> um, when you plant new seeds, do you use seeds from your vegetables uh, the previous year? Yes, you can save your own seeds, which saves you tons of money, you know. Um, plus, you know that you're going to reproduce what you had last year. Yeah. I have invited friends and family over for dinner and cooked for them from my garden. And I've been, it, it, it just thrills my soul to say, I made you this from seed, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's just incredible. It is, it is a miracle to me that you can take a tiny tomato seed and make a huge six foot plant from it. And you truly can. It, that's just, it takes me back to seeds naturally want to grow and flourish and live and produce. I really like how you said that earlier. The seed is gonna try really, really hard to grow. It's gonna yeah. do its best to grow. And you do have plants called volunteer plants. Like right now in my garden, I have flowers that I planted last year that seeds dropped into the soil, overwintered, and popped up a zinnia plant. So I love volunteer plants because they are so strong. And to me, if you can make it through the cold winter, through the snow, and you volunteer yourself back up in the spring, I'm gonna leave you alone. I don't care if I got a bean plant growing in the middle of a tomato plant, I'm gonna leave that plant alone because they have such will to live. <laughs> this is touching me so much, I love that. This far, <laughs> I love this and I love, so they're called, are they called volunteer plants because they just willy nilly uh -huh. give you their seed? Absolutely. They volunteer from the year before. Absolutely. So if, if I have a volunteer, like I have volunteers in my walkways, I have a, to a tomato plant that's growing in my walkway, but I leave it because if you've got that to me, I, I, I talk to my plants, of course, but if they have that kind of strength and that kind of power to live, I, I, I'm going to let it do its thing. I like that. Don't interfere with nature. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. 
I don't blame you for talking to your plants. That is something I started this time around because I was looking into how can I, because I've heard plants and growing things are great for your mental health. And I was so tired of killing them. And so I was researching, how do I keep them alive? And people, people were like, well, name them and then talk to them. And I was like, okay. So my plants have names. I talk to them when I see them and yes, I'm loving it. It's great. Yeah. And they are so good for mental health. So good. And it's been my favorite thing about plants is when I see new growth. Mm-hmm. and being able to see even the tiniest incremental growth each day like oh that leaf is sticking out just a little bit more today yeah yeah it is just it really is a miracle to me you know to see it um yeah and and the other thing that I, I say is I plant something in the ground and the creative energy that comes from a plant is it just blows my mind. It's so beautiful. And to think that I just put a seed in the ground um, and you can grow a beautiful sunflower, you know, it's just, it's such a miracle to me. Yeah. There's one house on my walk that I go on um, quite often that in their entire beautifully manicured yard, there is one giant sunflower and when it first started growing I was like that's interesting looking I wonder if it's like an accidental like vegetable plant that just landed here no it is a one of those big sunflower plants like it's like massive right it brings me so much joy to see it and they're just like expensive grass they're Mm. really nice pruned bushes in the back and then there's this big Mm -hmm. sunflower and the next time you look at it, if you pay attention, a sunflower face follows the sun. Did you know that? That's going to make me cry. No, I didn't know that. Sunflower will follow the sun. It does. So when, when the sun comes up in the morning, the sunflower will look towards the sun. And as the sun moves, it will gradually follow the sun so that when you go back in the evening and you look at your sunflower, it's looking com- on the other side of the, of the sky. It's, it's incredible. I didn't know that till I grew sunflowers. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. I, I need to go take a walk after this just so I can look. And then, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll go at a different time tomorrow. Oh, Candy, you're just giving me all these. Like, okay, <laughs> this is so beautiful. Oh, I feel like this. I feel like gar- vegetable gardening is a lost skill. You know, I feel like it's a lost joy for a lot of people. I, I know more and more people are getting interested in it, but I wish, I wish more people would. I, I, I don't think people realize what joy it can bring you, you know, to grow your own squash and then cook it up for dinner. Yes. I'm loving this. You're inspiring me. I might start to grow some things on my own. Um, <laughs> last couple things. What would you say are the biggest challenges for mm-hmm. growing your own garden and your own food? Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing's limited beliefs. It all goes back to yoga. 
when I first wanted to start my garden, I, I Googled, I started reading about how to do this, how to do that. And I was overwhelmed. There are so many rules and frost date and this long and that long. And I was just like, oh, I'll never be able to do this the right way. And I just didn't get started for a long time because I was just intimidated by it. Um, but I would say start small, uh, reuse what you have. You know, um, if you have an old um, planter box, try to grow some lettuce in it in the springtime and see what happens. Just, you know, pick you up some seeds at the store and, and put them in there and just try it. Um, the other thing is I think trying to go too big. Like, like don't try to overnight to, to you know, say I'm gonna grow every meal I have out of my garden because it's just a little too much. Try a couple plants, start small, smart, start with what you have. Um, and then I always say plant something lovely, plant something beautiful with it. Because like right now when we're settling into 90s and you know, really high temperatures, a lot of your vegetables will struggle, but a lot of your flowers might not. So you'll still have something very beautiful to hold on to um, you know, when you're trying to work in your garden a little bit. And the other thing, work in your garden a little bit every day. Don't, don't let it go days without visiting your garden and, and work early in the mornings and work a little in the afternoons. Um, and then you will, you will love your garden because it will give, it will give back to you. Um, you'll find that well, it's like my refuge. It's my, it's my happy place, my safe place. Um, it fuels my soul. I think that that makes total sense too, because it kind of takes us back to what our ancestors were doing for themselves before big chain stores in being able to import things from special places became a thing. They were right. growing their own food and creating their own meals. Right. Right. Has to be humbling. And, and, and like, look, I think you've said this without directly saying it. You've said it in a million other beautiful poetic ways, but just reestablishing, I feel like that connection with the earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it sustains you. Yeah. And if you grow it yourself from your own soil, your own way, the nutrition value in it, it, it I wish there was a way of knowing, you yeah. know, how much more nutrition you are offering to yourself from that. Plus, you're so more appreciative of your meals. Yes. Um, and even with my yoga training, when I learned about Ayurveda, it so clicked with gardening and eating with the seasons and it was such a gift I found between my gardening and with MVP yeah well thank you so much for joining me for being a part of our community for sharing your wisdom is there any final thoughts or feelings or ideas that you want to share with the listeners before we part ways um I would just say, if you've been wanting to do it, to do it. Start you a small garden plot. Um, just, just try it out. Um, it, 
I can't tell you, well, I have told you, I've told you over and over how much it has improved my quality of life. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Um, just, just plant a garden, you know, it's a great thing. I don't think you'll regret it. Um, and, and like I said, don't, don't get caught up in the details. Uh, just try to have good, healthy soil. Um, and, and you can learn that online pretty easily. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Candy, again so much for your time and your space and your energy. Thank you to the listeners for being here and hopefully see you next week. Have a great day, everyone.